The Toddcast Podcast on ToddHancock.ca. Hey, can you hear me, buddy? I can, man. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you good. How's everything? I'm good, man. You know, all things considered, pretty good. Yeah, as good as they can be right I now, guess. right? It's crazy. Dude, it's it's insane. It's really crazy times, for sure. Yeah, yeah, weird time to be alive, man. Like, I've never seen my grocery stores, like, empty food before. Like, it was crazy there for a bit. It seems to be settling down now a bit. But. Yeah, it's not bad for food and stuff, but still out west. I don't know what it's like out east for you guys, but, uh, you know, trying to find toilet paper is like trying to find the gold. Gold, gold. yeah. Like, it's yeah. weird. Yeah, it's, it's the, the weirdest, same. yeah. It's weird man it's really weird totally yeah so uh chris thank you matt for taking some time here to join us the toddcast in vancouver canada thank you for uh sharing the our stuff as well man i'm, I'm seeing that uh, almost daily and that of course helps big time so thank you so much man man no problem at all no i really like it so far dude cool really good so we have uh, chris mancuso is that how you pronounce your last name yeah yep. you are the managing editor for full press nhl the co-host of two podcasts, the Get the Puck Out and Pardon the Puck podcasts. And I see that your full press NHL and the Pardon the Puck Twitter feeds are temporarily restricted. Have you been pushing the Twitter buttons, Chris? No, I don't know. You know what? It's really strange. I had to like back up all my accounts on Twitter with like Twitter to verify because I heard they were doing like mass uh, getting rid of like people's robots account right. uh, like robot account I think they do and that because all the time, I have though, a bunch they? of accounts like hooked to my number I think I just have to like back them up with Twitter uh, but it takes like over a week to get a link from them like I got locked out of my own account <laughs> <laughs> I know right like what I know it was crazy yeah you're, of course, you're also part of the Dean Blundell Network. You're blogging. Uh, I am also part of that as the podcast uh, section. Mm -hmm. Dean's a beauty. Uh, I've known him for a long time. How long have you known Dean? How did you get pulled into the fold? How did I get pulled into the fold? Funny story is I've only been with Blund the Blundell since about end of December, and I was doing uh, a Bruins podcast for a company out of Boston, and I went to a Sabres game and I had like some fun and made some videos there and was being loud and obnoxious. And you know how Dean uh, gravitates towards people that, 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 that like to do that. Sure. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, he just liked my stuff. He kind of looked through it and thought that would be a good fit. And then ever since then, yeah, we were all super close. Uh, all the people that work within the Blundell uh, network are really good guys. And, yeah. uh, you know, getting to meet them more and more. You know, Graham, obviously, I've met in person, and Gonzo and Ruck and those guys. But, like, talking with James Sharman and other guys across the pod network and you and uh, Brenton as well. No, no, it's a great team there, man. And I think that uh, we're all together collectively going to put something really good together. So I'm really excited for it. Yeah, 100%. Like, when he reached out to me and was like, hey, um, you know, we're trying to do this network kind of thing. And, you know, he and I knew each other from radio. I did uh, the afternoon show here at the Rock Station in, in Vancouver for 12 years, worked there for about 15. And, of course, he was the morning guy at Edge uh, yeah. for years and years and years. And that's kind of how we, we knew each other. We went on uh, trips to um, Ireland, and we were doing our radio shows from the Jameson Distillery um, where they, you know, distill the whiskey. Yeah. And, of course, uh, that's a fun trip. And, um, <laughs> from, from there we kind of, you know, just kept in touch and stuff. And then if, when he reached out, I was like immediately like, dude, are you kidding me? I'd love to. And I've just, I love to see how the network has grown since, 
you know, I've been on for about a year and a bit, year and a half now, um, just sharing podcasts and, and kind of just trying to create more of an overall awareness, but I'm loving to see how far it's come in such a short amount of time. It's just awesome. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. there's a good group there for sure. Yeah. Uh, Chris, you're obviously a big sports guy. What's your first sports memory? First sports memory for me would be watching the Bruins draft Joe Thornton. I remember that being a really massive deal. I know that I was like nine years old then, so you think it would be earlier. But, I mean, I, I don't know. My memory doesn't work the same as, uh, as everyone else's. I had a lot of fun growing up. But, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know what, I think that was probably like, I remember that was the first time I like locked on one player and got like obsessive with one guy was like when they drafted Joe Thornton. But, uh, you know, I remember always going to hockey practice early in the morning, I, uh, you know, things like that as a kid. But like, as far as like an NHL memory for me, it all started when the Bruins grabbed Joe Thornton. Right. And so was the Bruins, are they your team or are they just up? There? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm a big Bruins fan. Uh, I know that's not a popular answer, but, uh, yeah, in, uh <laughs> yeah, exactly. In, in Niagara Falls in the sixties from like 1960 to almost 1970, the Niagara Falls Flyers were the Bruins farm team. So there's a ton of, uh, oh, Bruins okay. connections here. And my grandparents used to like billet, uh, players, like people that used to play on the Bruins that went up through the system and that. So, uh, my grandparents started being Bruins fans and, you know, half of my family are Blackhawks fans, and the other half are Bruins fans. It's weird. Even though we're so close to Toronto, none of us like the Leafs, which is pretty understandable. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. The NHL is probably done for the season. Before the coronavirus hit, who were you liking? Oh, I mean, you had to like Boston. You had to like Tampa Bay loaded up on some guys at the deadline. Yeah, Tampa Bay. Uh, they have to feel pretty bummed out right now. Um, the Philadelphia Flyers were 9-1 and in their last 10 games. They looked really good, and then you look on the other side, I think Vegas had a good shot, as well as the St. Louis Blues look as good as any other team out there as well. Yeah, 100%. Now, is it fair to say, then, the hockey is your favorite sport to watch? Oh, hands down, hands, hands down. Up, I yeah. mean, I do like Premier League soccer, and I do like football. I'm not a big baseball or NBA guy, but uh, Premier League soccer and uh, NFL football I definitely enjoy, but hockey's definitely my first love, 100%. Right, and what's your favorite sport to play? Hockey, for hockey. sure. I'm a big Again, hockey, hockey guy, yeah. yeah. I played football. I was better at football than I was at hockey believe it or not, but, okay. uh, especially being from Canada, that's weird, but I yeah. uh, definitely enjoyed playing hockey more, that's for sure. Right, and do you think that the Raptors could have uh, done a repeat? I think the Raptors absolutely could have come out of the Eastern Conference. I don't know if the Milwaukee Bucks uh, have the toughness to get through them in the playoffs when you're talking guys like Ibaka right. and Gasol defending and uh, all the other pieces that they have, and what a great coach uh in Nick Nurse, I'm not like the biggest NBA guy, but I'm aware enough of all sports. And uh, yeah, what a difference since, uh, you know, when I liked, uh, what was his name, Dwayne Casey, I thought he was a good enough coach, but just the difference that Nick Nurse has seemed to have made. And I think that year of Kawhi Leonard really rubbed off on a lot of the young guys, and they seem to still have that battle mode mentality like he had all the time. So, yeah, I think they could have at least went and played a team like the Lakers or somebody in the finals 100%. Yeah, could have made the effort anyway, for sure. You mentioned you're not a huge uh, baseball guy, but clearly you heard about, do you think that the, the Major League Baseball did enough when it came to the Houston Astros cheating, watching pitches, banging on drums to let their batters know what's coming up? 
Yeah, no, I don't think they did enough. This is a league that has Pete Rose, one of the great players of all time, who made a mistake. Yeah, he bet on the games. You don't do that. That's really, really bad. But, I mean, a lifetime ban. The guy served enough now. You're going to sit here and just suspend guys for one year and not even punish the players who were so clearly in on it. I mean, I remember watching the Blue Jays playoff games, and my family are Red Sox fans. I'm not that big into baseball. I watch the Red Sox if I watch, but believe me, I I paid attention when the Blue Jays were in the playoffs, too, and I remember them playing the Astros in that game where Stroman was pitching. You could keep hearing before everything, smash, smash, smash. You could hear them banging the trash can during that game, and I remember sitting on my couch at the time and I had one of my friends over and telling him like, what the, who the hell's banging on what that? Like, we that? noticed it yeah. during that game. And then you forget about it all those years later. And now it comes up again. And I, I promise you, I remember hearing that during that game. And, uh, I saw Stroman actually addressed it on Twitter and he's like, Oh, it all makes sense now. Like, he's like, I was throwing my best stuff and they were just all over it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just shady. Yeah, no, the more should have been done. And like I said, like my family likes the Red Sox. Alex Cora lost his job because of it. He shouldn't, he, if he was involved, he shouldn't be in the league again. If Pete Rose has a lifetime ban, Altuve wouldn't take his, remember Buddy almost ripped open his shirt and he freaked out because he didn't want anyone to see his buzzer that he had now. I mean, they went to great lengths to cheat the game. That is like, I mean, you wonder if the mob or somebody's in, in, involved when you start talking about that and sports betting and God knows what else, but yeah. uh, really shady stuff, and I think the league could have done a lot more. I think uh, other guys across the league are pissed about it. I think once the league does resume, you're going to see Altuve and guys, they're going to be eating fastballs to the ribs all season long, and uh, <laughs> totally. they absolutely deserve it. So maybe that's more punishment than uh than anything else. Yeah, I agree. Were you surprised at the result of the Fury Wilder 2? Yeah, you know what? Um, a friend of mine here is one of the up-and-coming boxers, actually, in the lightweight division. Okay. Um, Lucas Body, he's 9-0 and with nine knockouts. Wow. Uh, you know, he's got Phil LaGreco, former Canadian. Uh, but he was a champion, right? He lost the belt to Amir Khan. I actually had the... Uh, the, the the I was lucky enough to sit down with Lucas Body and uh, Lagreco, and both of them wow. thought that uh, that um, Fury, or sorry, that Wilder was going to win. But uh, the Gypsy King uh, strikes again, man. He's a great fighter. He calls. I heard a funny story about him. I heard that he called Anthony Joshua's phone and tells him like I'm going to knock you out sometimes. <laughs> like he just called. That's how bad he wants to fight him. He'll just call him and tell oh, him that man. on the phone. Anthony Joshua said he'll get these calls and it's just him telling him. Yeah, I'm going to take your belt and knock you out one day. He just, he's awesome. That guy doesn't even look like he would be like in shape to be a fighter, and he's totally. just deadly. He is deadly. Yeah, absolutely. Well, didn't uh, wasn't there talk of uh, Joshua going out to help him with his training camp to prepare for the Wilder fight? I heard that, too. I don't know if that ended up being true, but I heard that as well. Um, so who knows what they're drumming up. you got to remember, yeah. this is always a business, right? Remember Conor McGregor and Floyd right. Mayweather, all those press conferences. Meanwhile, they were sharing a plane rolling around in like $400 million cash between the two of them. So, totally. uh, you never know in the fight game. It's a, shady, it's a shady business. That's one thing I've learned from kind of studying it a bit. There's always... Uh, there's a, there's a lot of politics involved in that sport. We'll say that. Yeah, totally. And how about the uh, McGregor and uh, Cowboy Cerrone uh, fight a couple of months back? Did you yeah, not expect I Cowboy to do much better than what he did? 
I did. I knew that Cowboy was on his uh, like way out. I know that he had lost a couple fights, but they were against great opponents, and I thought totally. he was at least going to give Connor a little bit of a match like uh, of a fight. But it almost felt like uh, they knew that it was the end of the line for him. McGregor needed a tune-up fight. I think Dana White, the whole UFC, really appreciates a guy like Cowboy Cerrone. Always fights on short rest. Always would he's picked up a couple fights that I can think of. Uh, will come in for guys being injured. And I think that that was more of a, you know, when, when McGregor's out, as he says, it's red panty night for the wife, right? You, you made the money, baby. We did it. So I think they handed Cowboy Cerrone a nice payday before, you know, it's the end of the line for him, it looks like, because uh, he, he didn't even stand a chance in that fight. Yeah, no, I agree. And how about the Khabib uh, Ferguson fight that's coming up? Who you got? Oh, uh, I think I got Khabib, but I want Ferguson to win. I really don't like Khabib at all. There's just something about him. That, like he, he rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what it is. It's like it's maybe I don't know. Maybe I watched too much Rocky Four growing up or something. But it's that uh, you know that Chechen Ra- Russian uh, demeanor of his. Like I mean, this guy was wrestling bears up in the mountains. So like he's <laughs> off his nails. I know McGregor wants to fight him again. Totally. And he, wa- he said he'll fight him in Moscow or he'll fight him anywhere. And it's like, I don't know if that's necessarily the fight that McGregor really wants. Because Khabib, we'll see what happens with uh, with this fight here. But um, he's he's tough as nails, Khabib. Like, they, when was that fight? It was... Uh, hmm. Yeah, like half a year back, maybe? A year ago? Yeah. It's been, it's been yeah. a while, yeah. Yeah, he dusted him. But McGregor... Oh, dude, it wasn't even close. Like, no. Yeah, McGregor was also, like... I don't think he was personally training very hard. I think he was in a kind of a... After that McGregor fight, he went all nuts, remember? He was yeah. he was off... Uh, I mean, I'm not Garbage cans and fucking buses yeah, and shit. Yeah, I'm not like, trying to say yeah. anybody was on drugs or partying too much or something. But, like, it kind of looked like Connor didn't have that focus and you can't sleep on a guy like Khabib. No. Um, I think money talks, so I think they'll eventually get the fight. But Khabib says right now he's not going to do it, so... Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Chris, you're, like everyone, you're obviously not watching live sports right now unless, of, you know, it's reruns. Which shows, which TV shows are you binge-watching right now? Oh, right now I started watching some Netflix stuff because uh, that's all you can do. So right, right now I'm really, uh, really into Tiger King. I <laughs> uh, just started watching that. Like I that, haven't seen it all, but uh, <laughs> I just know that everyone's talking about it, so yeah. I did start that. Yeah, it's, um, it's crazy. I pretty crazy I, stuff. I just finished watching it, yeah. Yeah, because, well, I, I waited a bit because I kind of held off watching Don't F with Cats. Yeah, uh, I heard because that's Because the awesome Luca too. Magnata thing stuff is like really freaks me out because, uh, you know, being in Canada and just like, you know, the, the stuff that he did with animals before he switched to that poor dude, but... Um, that one I watched, I got through. It's only four episodes or something like that. And I also was finishing off the Aaron Hernandez story as well before I started wow. Tiger King. Yeah, so, what a story. Uh, the Aaron Hernandez thing, yeah, that was a crazy That's story. Crazy. I mean, a, a guy who, yeah, like didn't come from, you know, I always saw Aaron Hernandez and he's all tatted up and I thought, you went to Miami. I didn't know anything about his background, but I'm like, ah, here's a guy who maybe had a tough life and whatever growing up. But like, he couldn't have had a more middle class uh, upbringing, loving parents pushing him towards sports. You know what I mean? And then it's like, right. you know, they bring in that sexuality aspect of it, and it's like, 
maybe that's where that need to compensate came from for, for like needing to be like the tough guy gangster because uh, he didn't come from that at all. No, like not at all. That was the most surprising part of it for me. I mean, the killing stuff, whatever, I already knew about that. But the surprising thing for me was like, you know, even the guy who was the backup quarterback at his school and his friend and claimed they were lovers or whatever, like, he comes, like, you could tell they're a ritzy white family, too. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this guy uh, seemed to have a, a pretty decent upbringing, all things considered. So pretty shocking, uh, pretty shocking to see uh, how that all turned out for him. Mm-hmm. Totally. And uh, the fact that he killed himself thinking that his wife and daughter girlfriend and daughter would get the money like that that didn't end up happening either <laughs> yeah yeah rough story rough story yeah really rough story hey curious what what was the music like in the mancuso house as a kid growing up what are you what, oh, are, what are you being exposed yeah. to by your parents my parents are really cool man so they like uh all the best stuff you know i grew up on david bowie and i grew up on the beatles i grew up on um, the Foo Fighters obviously was a band I gravitated to myself naturally because of my parents' Nirvana love and Tool and Beastie Boys yeah. and, uh, you know, and all those bands, man, like Rage Against the Machine I loved. Um, don't love, didn't love the price of their tickets as they announced <laughs> their, their latest tour, but that's a whole nother oh story. God. But yeah, man, music was always a huge thing growing up. I mean, I play guitar myself okay. a little bit, a little yeah. bit acoustically. And, uh, you know, uh, being from Niagara, my brother and, uh, and my mom's, uh, husband are both friends with the singer of the trues. Uh, his name's Colin, Colin. McDonald. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And uh, he's a really nice guy. I've met them a bunch of times. And uh, his best friend, I was at his wedding because he's a mutual friend of our families too. So, like the truth growing up as far as Canadian music goes and yeah, the hip and uh, yeah. all those bands. But in all the, the band I've seen the most in my all-time guys, Dave Grohl. Like, I'm a Foo Fighters guy. I've seen them more times than I can even count. Mm-hmm. And One of the best concerts. I'm sure you've seen everybody too. Yeah. One of the oh, best yeah. live concerts you can catch. Yeah, 100%. What was your first concert? My first concert ever was actually the Foo Fighters In Your Honor Tour. I was in like the ninth or 10th grade, and me and my buddies took the train up. Uh, that was my first concert, and uh, it was awesome, man. That was what a first concert. But I've seen tons of bands now. Uh, no shit. Big Weezer fan, uh, Arctic Monkeys I've seen a few times. Good band. And, uh, yeah, man, as many as many bands as possible. Smashing Pumpkins, uh, Metallica, Guns N' Roses. I try to see as many as possible. The one I missed, though, man, was Tom Petty. I'm a huge Tom Petty fan. Nah, I didn't My dad asked me either. to go like Damn. the summer before he passed away at Darien Lake in Buffalo, and I had some other thing going on, and I wish I would have went, because I saw Springsteen, and that was a great concert, but definitely missed the, uh, missed the Petty boat big time. Yeah, yeah, same. Were you big into comic books as a kid? Yeah, you know what? I did like comic books as a kid. I wasn't huge into them. My cousin was, though. So I always was into Spider-Man. I was into, like, the Amazing Spider-Mans. I remember um, I went to a garage sale and found, like, you know, I got my first, like, actual Amazing Spider-Man inside the 100s, like, you know, like, uh, original. I think it was, like, issue number 68 or something like that. Wow. And I remember that being a big deal as a kid, finding that. And, yeah, yeah. I always was really into, into like, comics and, uh, you know, cards, hockey cards, Pokemon cards. I, I liked that stuff. I, gra- I gravitated towards it. Pogs, I remember when I was really Pogs. young. Wow. 
Pogs were great. Yeah, I loved Pogs. Pogs were awesome. Yeah, I'm just at I me. Mean, uh, the reason I ask, I'm just loving all the superhero movies that are being made because as a kid, I collected comics like just nonstop, man. You couldn't. Yeah, like, yeah, that's you know. awesome. Yeah. Which, and uh, my stepdad is the same way my mom's husband. He oh, yeah. was huge into comic books. Like, that's how I learned about them. He has more comics. I mean, I'm sure he still has them, but I'm talking, yeah, he has like old, awesome comics, man. And I'm sure you do too. Yeah, like, do still, what's yeah. the best, like, what's the most rare comic book you have? Like, Oof. what do you have? Like, what's, wow, what's your, everyone has their one trophy prize. Right? Oh, no, I've got a lot, though. That's, that's a really hard question. I've got uh, so many old X Men. I've got like issue eight, 10, wow. 12, 13, 14. Like, I have a ton of old, old X-Men. I've got a ton of old Batman. I've got a ton of old uh, Amazing Spider-Man. That's a really tough one. To nail it down to one, it's, I don't know, really Yeah, hard. the Amazing Spider-Mans were my favorite. That yeah. was stuff I loved. Yeah. And anytime I could get my hands on something Spider-Man, I was in. Yeah, same. Which superpower would you want to have? Oh, I would want. Uh, I would want to have the 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 web. I want to spin the web. I want to be able to cruise around with it. I want to be able to shoot someone in the face if they're talking at me. Yeah. If somebody's trying to hit me, I want to be able to web their arms to the wall and tie them down. You know, like just Spider Man is is the ultimate superhero for me. He's the best. He's pretty badass. Yeah. Um, which way do you lean? Do you go Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Yeah. Same. Yeah, I'm a Star yeah, Wars guy, but Star Trek I have a lot of respect for. I watched yeah, it same. a lot uh, growing up. That was on in my house too, because like my said, uh, my uh, my stepdad was a was like a, a geeky kind of guy growing up. Right, so Star Trek he's huge into. He's huge into the comic books. He's artsy, like not geeky. He's artsy, yeah. but I mean, yeah, yeah. he would wear that 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 uh, that with pride anyway. But yeah, no, uh, big uh, big music and art and sports were in my house all the time. Like you know, uh, yeah big into sabbath and and that as well i can i can remember that adding to bands from earlier now i was huge into black sabbath as a kid too yeah yeah what did you think of the mandalorian the mandalorian was interesting i like you know what of all the new star wars stuff it was the best thing that's been done by miles i'll say that yeah so good. um yeah it's so good and compared to a lot of the stuff that's come out after which i don't think is so great i was happy with that for sure yeah uh, Chris, I want to respect your time, man. I told you it'd be 15, 20 minutes here. So I got a couple more questions uh, and then I'll let you go. Do you believe that aliens have visited Earth or even perhaps live among us? Yes, 110%. I believe that, man. I believe that wholeheartedly. I believe in aliens. And not only that, I often wonder, like, I mean, I'm not trying to be like a lizard people person here, but like, <laughs> we're all so different in the sense. And it's like, you know, you go back to like, Egyptian times and hieroglyphics and that always, always, anywhere in the world show of people coming down from the sky, right? And it's like, right. I, I'm huge into aliens and conspiracies. I love all that stuff, man. And I'm not one of those people that, like, thinks, uh, you know, uh, that there's some crazy conspiracies that are too far down the thing for me. But, yeah, man, I'm always, I'm always into question, question things. But I think, yeah, I think that we absolutely could have aliens living amongst us and it's like our elites and everybody in this world all the rich people and political powers they're so like disconnected from the rest of us that sometimes i wonder if they're their own like power race from somewhere else or something interesting <laughs> very interesting i like that that's the kind of stuff I love talking about, aliens, UFOs, Roswell, New Mexico, Area 51. I love all that stuff. I've been watching that stuff since, 
since forever. So you were behind the whole storming of the Area 51 then? I was a big supporter of storming <laughs> Area 51. Yeah, I really wanted that to happen. I mean, uh, I mean, I imagine they had whatever they didn't want people to see moved before then anyway, just in case. But like, right. nobody was really going to do that anyway. That's how you get shot. <laughs> <laughs> totally, right? Yeah. Uh, last question, Chris. What's your take on legalized marijuana? I love it. I'm a, I am a uh, social marijuana user. I would say, yeah, I think it's great. It's, uh, you know, it's like anything in life, you can abuse things. I think if you sit around and smoke, 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 it's bad for you. But you know what? At the end of the day, if you want to take a couple of pops and sleep good and eat a snack before bed, it, hey, there's a lot worse things you could be doing. And the government sells you alcohol and tobacco, which to me are two worse drugs than, uh, than marijuana. That's for sure. Yeah. hundred percent. Chris, man, thank you so much for taking the time here to join us in Vancouver, Canada. Chris Mancuso, you're easy to find on Twitter. C Mancuso is ninety seven ninety seven. My eyesight's That's right, yeah. out of control here. Uh, what are you on Instagram and Facebook? Same thing, C Mancuso nine seven nine seven on Instagram, and anyone can find me on Facebook. It's just Christian Mancuso, my full name. I use my full name on there, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, all my stuff I usually post on Twitter. Twitter's my big, uh, my bigger outlet, I guess. Yeah. So C Mancuso nine seven nine seven there. Beautiful. All right, dude. We'll see you online. Subscribe on iTunes at Toddcast Podcast. Podcast.